Welcome to Talking Bass. Join bass angler Don Clark as he shares bass fishing knowledge of the Northwest. Welcome aboard, everyone. Thank you for joining Talking Bass in PDX, the Bass and Warm Water Forum, as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. Today on the broadcast, I have Jake Thompson. Welcome to the podcast, Jake. Thank you. Now, as we get started, uh, a lot of our folks out there have been listening to the podcast for some time, but if you like the podcast and like what you're hearing, please tell your friends to look us up on Spotify, and we are also on iTunes under Talking Bass in PDX. Well, before we get to our guest, I would like to spend a few minutes talking about boat ramp etiquette. Oh, I know, this can be a little controversial, but I thought I would spend a few minutes talking about it. In addition, I have seen several accidents happen at boat ramps that may could have been avoided, uh, things like boats falling off of trailers because they were unhooked before they should have been, folks yelling at each other because they felt that it was their turn before somebody else's turn. Well, it's just common courtesy. Uh, that's how boat, boat etiquette works, just common courtesy. You know, fishing can, can be very relaxing, and boating can be very fun. But as the weather gets better, the boats are going to add up out on the water. And so I thought I would spend a few minutes going over boat launch etiquette. Now, it's amazing the level of stress that's often experienced at the boat ramp, and much of the tension can be avoided by simply adhering to the code of boat launch etiquette. I have four rules for boat launch etiquette. I'll share each one of them with you, and I hope that they help you the next time that you're at a boat ramp trying to put your boat in the water. My number one rule, learn to back your trailer. One of the most stressful phases of launching procedure is backing your trailer down the ramp to the water. Many folks don't have a lot of experience backing a trailer downhill on a ramp. And learning it on a ramp while other folks are impatiently looking at you, waiting for their turn, is not the place to learn how to back a trailer up. May I suggest that you take your trailer to an empty lot or a parking lot and practice backing it up. Now, most treks and trailers are about 30 to 40 feet long, depending on the size of your boat. So double that and try backing it up in a straight line. We'll say that you're going to back up for 50 feet in a straight line. You should practice that until you can do it without needing to think about which way do I turn the wheel? How fast can I go? you should be very proficient at backing up straight, downhill, down a ramp. On a side note, every trailer is going to turn a bit differently. So you should get to know your tow rig and your trailer so that you can get in and out of the water quickly and safely. My number two rule, most boat launches have a place where boaters can transfer gear into the boat. Well, really, this should start at home. You should try to put some of the gear into the boat before you ever get to the boat launch area. But there are some things that need to be rigged, like electronics, 
removing transom straps, and accomplishing any other details that need to get a boat seaworthy. And the ramp is not a place to do this. When you pull onto the ramp, the boat should be ready for launching. My rule number three, the same holds true at the end of the day. Now, I know that many of us fish by ourselves, so tying our boat up at the dock can be problematic. I try to stay as far out of the way, or I try to watch to see when a boat's going to come in so that I can move to the other side and tie my boat up so that I will have time to go get the trailer and bring it back down. But once that boat is on the trailer, cranked up tight on the trailer, the safety hook has been secured, pull it out. Take it to the tie-down area and button things up. If there's no formal tie-down area, go use an open slot in the parking area. Move your boat away from the area of the dock. That way, other folks can come in, in and out at a quicker pace. And my rule number four, don't hog the dock. Remember, the docks are a courtesy dock. Its purpose is to expedite boat handling process. It's not there for you to secure your boat and leave or, or wait for your fishing buddy who's usually about a half an hour late, just like the ramp. Get in, get out, so that the space is available for others. And although not one of my rules, I also always like to respect others. And if you can help them, it will make for a better day for you out on the water. Well, I hope that these rules have helped as we go out and start fishing more and going on the water. And always, be careful on the water. Make sure that you check and have all your safety gear with you. And please, use your safety gear. I would hate to see somebody hurt just because they didn't put on a personal flotation device. As I said, on the dock for this program is Jake Thompson. Now, I saw Jake's posting on a Facebook page, and he was starting, or is starting, a to pour some plastic baits. And so I wanted to get Jake on and talk a bit about that. But, Jake, before we get to that, let me ask you a couple questions. How did you get into bass fishing here in the Northwest? All right. Well, um, my dad was really the one who introduced me to fishing. Uh, I kind of found a passion for it at a really young age. It just came kind of a part of our life. And growing up, we had, like, for me, a ton of different boats. My dad kind of goes everywhere when he buys stuff, just trying to find the best. And we've come from a little tiny 12-foot aluminum boat and Luckily, we've made it all the way up to a 23-foot striper, and so we're getting into everything as far as bass and saltwater fishing. So, I mean, I've loved it since I was little, and my dad's just helped me kind of grow that passion with him and his brothers and a couple buddies of mine. We just love it so much. And can you tell me what is some of your favorite waters that you guys go fish for bass and other warm water fish? Yeah, so I live in Independence, uh, so it's pretty close to the Willamette River. So um, every every now and again, you find some bodies that are uh, kind of hard to find. They're tucked away behind some trees, and there's a couple spots around here, a couple private ponds that luckily um, the owners are nice enough to let us fish uh, their ponds. And there's one over here that we fish, me and my friends, and it's just got some really nice fish in it. And like I said, the owner is just a really nice guy and lets us go in there and kind of smack them in there. So pretty fun. What's the largest one you've gotten? Oh, geez. Um, I haven't gone on some huge ones yet, but I think my personal best is about four pounds, I want to say. That's yeah. a nice so size fish. I mean, That's... Yeah, can't complain with it at all. Now, do you do other uh, warm water species or primarily just bass? 
Um, we do bass a lot with uh, me and my friends, and then my dad's and I, like, our favorite is trout, mostly. We love it. It's just a lot of fun to fish for, but, I mean, those are definitely my top two is trout and uh, bass. And for bass fishing, tell me about your favorite bait that you have used. So when I started bass fishing, I mean, just like everybody else, I'd say I started with the Senko because that's all I knew how to do, and I knew it worked, and uh, it's kind of one of those universal things where no matter where I was, it would usually produce. But then, you know, I've got a little bit older, and my friends have helped me learn a little bit more, and I'd say lately it's either a spinnerbait or a jig with a trailer craw that's pretty good over here. And that seems to be a, a, a very favorite bait here in the Northwest is, is a spinnerbait. I've yeah. noticed that. And if you only had one lure to choose, what would it be? Oh, I'd, I'd have to stick with a jig, I'd say. Okay. And do you like fishing early spring, or do you like the fall fishing better? Um, I'm, I'm thinking I like early spring a little bit better. Well, that, you know, some, some folks like the, uh, the early uh, spring water when it's a little bit cooler, and then there's some that like to wait until the fall. Um, I don't yeah. have a preference. I like, fishing. I like fishing all year round if I can get away with it. Now, the reason I had you on the podcast was that uh, I also uh, look at a uh, Facebook page that has to do with bass fishing, and you had put up a post on there that is that you were talking about putting together a bit of a business. So why don't you tell us about your business venture that you're thinking of? So my dad and I, we finally got our shop finished, and I, I was just thinking, you know, like, at the end of the year, spend a lot of money on plastics and uh it just kind of came to me. I was like, well, what if I could do that on my own? Like, other people can do it. Why can't I? So I kind of got into the research. I started looking into what I had to do and what it was going to take and the amount of money I was going to need. And I, luckily enough, I was able to uh, get everything I need. I did a lot of research. I know I'm pretty confident in exactly what I need to do, and I think I can execute well. And I have everything on the way. I already got my colorant and my flake is already here, and I'm just waiting on a couple more molds, and I can start pumping them out at the end of the week. Well, so we're recording the second week of May, basically, so you will be having some of the baits ready to go by the end of the month. Is that right? Yep. Well, that's great. I think you're you're coming into this right at the right time of the year. The spring is still fairly uh, young. Now, tell me about some of the types of um, plastics that you're going to pour, some of the shapes, that type of thing. Okay, so I ordered quite a few molds. Um, I think I got, I think the most common one I have is definitely Sankos or stickworms. Um, I've got three different molds for those. I make 6-inch and 5-inch. And then I'm also making craws. I believe I have the 3.5-inch craws. And then I'm also doing, um, I have finesse worms, and I have beaver tail bait, and a few, few others. Let's see. I got swim baits. I have like Kitex style molds, so I'm gonna be making those too. So I have a pretty good variety, and then of course just more comes along the way. Wow, that sounds great! And uh, certainly when it comes to the craws, I'm gonna be a customer uh, because I throw a lot of those. Uh, I, I use a lot of them in a Carolina style rig, and that's uh, yes. just the way I like to fish, and especially on the Willamette. And what colors are you going to be making? So right now I have, as far as flake goes, I got silver, I got chartreuse, uh, three different shades of green, I got blue, purple, pink. I, I have just about everything 
every color they offer almost on dead-on plastics and lure works. Um, colorants, I got June bug, watermelon, green, chartreuse, uh, orange, red, blue. Like I said, I have just about every color that they were in stock. And, and what are your favorite colors when it comes to uh, making plastics here in the Northwest? I really like the the watermelon and June bug. The June bug color is just a really nice color, and I think it's going to produce pretty well this year. And that's great. And I I hope that as you start this business and that you you know work your way through, that you you start to look at uh, the hatch colors and that you get down to the river and and maybe catch some crawfish, and and start to look at those colors because that's really going to help you to decide what colors will work really well for a round. But now, are you using uh, a, any type of special plastic, or is this type of plastic that you that you can get on the marketplace? Uh, you can buy this stuff online. Um, it's just plastisol, and I use a medium hard. It's like craw and tube um, consistency plastisol. But I bought it in a five-gallon bucket, and I mean the stuff's not cheap. But um, you can you can find it on the market if you look if you look hard enough in the fishing website. Well, that's that's fantastic that you uh, are starting uh, a business here in the in the Northwest. Now I tend to buy a lot of my tackle from Northwest manufacturers that are that are small shops like yourself or going to be like yourself. Uh, uh, I've got a couple over on the of the. I've got a couple of them on the podcast. If folks want to look at some of my other shows, they'll find some of the uh, uh, crankbaits and, and uh, spinners that I that I also use because I've inter- interviewed those folks. Now, how are we going to be able to order from you? So right now I'm in the process of getting onto social media. Um, I, my Facebook page will be set up at the end of the night, and then I'm going to have an Instagram page set up. And uh, my web, my I'm thinking about trying to get a website going, but I think I'm going to hit social media hard first. But as far as ordering goes, I'm going to have like a business page on Facebook, and it's going to have my phone number. And I'm in the middle of deciding between if I should just let them message me through Facebook or Instagram and tell me what they want, or if I'm going to have a form put up with all of my colors and you can just select what you'd like. I'm not sure how I'm going to go about that yet, but the pages will be up and you can just message me via Facebook and Instagram and that'll all be up and ready to go. So if folks look up uh, Jake Thompson, they're going to find you on Facebook. And as Jake gets his page set up, his business page, I'll have him email me the information and I will put that information in our show notes so that folks can contact you uh, through the Talking Bass and PDX uh, podcast site. So you they'll be able to communicate directly with you. Now, Awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I wanted to get you out there. Uh, like I said, I saw it on Facebook, and I thought, you know, here's a young man that's going to start a business, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hope you get you an early plug. Now, this show is going to run in about a week. So we're going to be a little early. So if folks want to pre-order some of these things, hopefully uh, you'll get your Facebook page set up and uh, you'll be able to get some orders in before before you even have stock in place. But I think it's great yeah. that you're I think it's great that you're starting a, a business right here in the Northwest and that you'll be able to take care of some of the local fishermen. Now tell me, how did you get the idea to start pouring your own plastics? Well, 
I was just uh, kind of thinking about it, and at the end of the year, fishing is not cheap if you look through all of it. And I was just thinking, like, you know, at first it was just an idea maybe for me to make my own baits and pour from a couple of my friends if they needed it. But then I got to thinking, well, there's no reason to limit it to myself if I'm going to have all the resources. And I know a lot of people in my community that would support me. I thought I should just go big and go for a market. Um, rather than just myself and a couple buddies. I mean, there's a lot of interest on my Facebook post, and I got a lot of messages, made new friends through Facebook, and they're all interested. I already have quite a few orders placed and that I need to start making, and I'm going to have molds here probably next week. I'm positive I'll have some. All of them for sure will be here at the end of the month, but I know I'm going to have quite a few within the next week everything's coming in so yeah and from a quality standpoint i'm sure you you've used a lot of the name brand baits that are out there we all go to the uh local tackle shops and buy them are yours going to be a better quality than what we're buying uh say at, at the uh, tackle shops yeah so i'm really hoping so i've done my research and uh I've noticed that a lot of companies are putting salt in them. I was talking to another guy that makes his own baits, and we were kind of going back and forth about what we what we were thinking. And uh, some of the some of the salt in their baits rips them apart easier and makes them not as durable, and they sink faster with salt in them. Well, I was thinking like I I want to be different than everybody else because, like you said, what's what's the difference between mine? I'd rather have my own thing and my own recipes, and I'm planning on just looking at other baits and comparing them to mine to see what I can do better and uh, just how I'm going to make a difference and hopefully a better difference. Well, and that's, that's great information because you're exactly right. You know, there are a lot of baits out there, and I try to find them when they don't have the salt because, frankly, uh, they are usually softer, and this I'm not sure that the salt has anything to do with it or not, but uh, they do tear apart easy. And uh, there's there's a particular one that I like that uh, that I catch a lot of bass on the on the Willamette River. I can only get two or three fish out of one bait, and they're pretty expensive every time I buy a bag of them. So I'm sure looking forward to seeing how yours come out because I'd love to try them against what I'm currently using. And have you fished like the Upper Willamette between uh, Newburgh and um, and Westland? And I'm sorry, it's not the Upper Willamette. It's called the Mid Willamette because it's above the falls. No, I uh, I've fished up in Portland area with my uncle. Um, other than that, though, I've stayed I stayed pretty close into town. We have a couple ponds that are runoffs from the Willamette, but uh, I'm like I'm starting. I think this is my third year into my like focusing on bass. So I'm trying to get everything dialed in before I start traveling for them. But I'm kind of sticking around local, and it's been working out really well for me. So well, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. And I hope that folks are gonna go out there onto Facebook and look you up and you know purchase some of the uh, baits and and give them a try. So for right now. Now, if folks wanted to order early, um, what would be the best way? Look you up on Facebook? Yeah, so tonight, right after um, right after I get everything done around the house, the Facebook page is going to be up. It's going to be under Jake's Custom Bait, and it's going to have my phone number on it. Um, I'm working on pictures to put up there. I have a logo in the making right as we speak. And I'm just that's going to be my page, Jake's Custom Baits. My phone number will be on it. You can uh, message me via Facebook Messenger, and I can get those pre-orders in. I have them all written down that I need to do, and I have a little space in my shop where I have a whole setup going for me. 
and I'll get those pumped out as soon as I can and hopefully get everybody on some, some bigger fish. Well, Jake, that's great. I am uh, so happy to have had you on the podcast early on in the, your uh, career of making baits and uh, hopefully down the road here when we uh, when you've uh, gotten very successful and very busy that you'll come back on and tell me back tell me about some of the most successful baits that you've had and that you're having a hard time keeping up with orders now all of our listeners that are out there that listen to the podcast uh, certainly contact Jake Jake, keep in mind that the podcast goes clear across the United States, so you may be getting some orders, you know, from back east and that kind of thing. So be ready for that too. Any last words to add, Jake? Yeah, I just I really appreciate everyone's support, and um, I'm really excited to get this going. And I'm just really thankful that you reached out to me, and uh, I'm very glad that you can help me out. And hopefully, I can get everybody on some bigger fish and produce some quality bait. I, again, I will be adding uh, all the notes into my show notes. So as you go on to Spotify or on to iTunes, I will have Jake's information in there. Of course, for show ideas and feedback, you can email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. And I'd like to thank Jake Thompson for stopping by today on Talking Bass in PDX. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast.